Hey, you're listening to the Bramley Baptist Church podcast. We're glad you're joining us to listen to this week's message. Whether you're starting your journey or looking to strengthen your walk with God, we believe that God will speak to you today. Let's get into the word together. Well, there was uh, two things that I was really involved in during my, my teen and, and young adult years. One thing that I was really involved in was, was band, music. I was really involved in uh, things like orchestra, concert band. Uh, the other thing I was really involved in was, was football. And, and that seems strange because usually people who are involved in band, they don't usually find themselves involved in football. They seem like very opposite things, don't they? But the, the, actual, the re- reality is, is that they, they actually have more in common than you might realize. Uh, probably the biggest thing that they have in common is, is that whether you're in a, in, a, in a band, in a musical orchestra, or a football, there's no such thing as individualism. In order for success to happen in the band, on the field, it relies heavily upon interdependence. I mean, what sets football apart? Let me just talk about football for a minute, and then I'll talk about music, and then the rest of you can come back in. But here's what sets football apart, and I'm talking about American football, not soccer football. Here's what sets it apart. Real football, real football. (laughs) Don't get up and walk out. Here's what sets football apart is that on any given sport, you might have one or two people, one or two superstars that could take over the game and win it for the team. Here's the difference about football. You can't do that. You need everybody doing their job in football. In order for that quarterback to throw that 80-yard touchdown pass, you need people blocking, you need people running the routes, you need people selling the fake, you need everyone doing their job for that one play to happen perfectly. And if someone fails to do their job, the play's not going to work. All right, it's the same thing with band. Follow me here. If you're all playing this one piece together in a musical, if one person messes up on the note... It ruins the whole band, ruins the whole piece. It takes every part of that musical orchestra. You need the basses playing their part. You need the harmonies playing their part. And it all brings the melody to the forefront. Everyone, everyone has a role to play. Everyone brings their giftings and their talents. Everyone, while they're unique, relies on the person sitting or standing next to them for the success of the whole body. And here's what we find as we open the New Testament. We ask the question, what does, what is a church supposed to look like? Here's what we find in the New Testament. We find that the New Testament paints a a very similar picture of interdependence between the members who make up the church body. Here's what I want you to know this morning. I want you to know that there is a place for you here at Bramley Baptist Church. That much like a a team or much like a, a band, everyone, everyone has a role to play. That God has uniquely gifted you and he's purposely and sovereignly placed you here at this church for this time. Everyone who considers BBC, their church family, you have a role to play here at this church. 
And as we start out 2024, we're only two weeks into this year here. I just want to lovingly challenge you this year to find out what your role is and what God is doing in this church. Ask yourself this morning, where do I fit in to the work of God here at Bramley Baptist Church? There is a role for everyone. To help us wrestle with that, I wanna take some time and wrestle through uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And we're gonna ask that question, where where do I fit in? So if you have your Bibles, hey, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to journey through uh, verses 4 uh, to 26. And I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. And I'm just going to ask you to stand if you're able to in, in reverence to God's word. Let me just read some of these verses so that we can get a, a feeling for what Paul is talking about in this section of Scripture 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is in Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink in one spirit. For if the body, for the body does not consist of one member, but many if the foot should say, because I'm not at hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would, be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. You may be seated. We're going to go all the way through 26, but I think you get a, a feeling for what Paul is talking about in this passage. And First uh, Corinthians was a letter uh, written uh, by Paul to the church in Corinth. And it was predominantly written as a letter of correction. And, uh, and because this was a church that had a lot of issues going on. Uh, one of the issues was that this church was struggling uh, in the area of spiritual giftings. They were struggling with how the gifts of the Spirit were, were being used and, and, and how they were being used in this church was, was literally causing chaos in the worship service and causing division in the membership. The church was elevating certain gifts above others. They were claiming that certain gifts were sign of spiritual maturity and, and many people because of this were being left out or cast aside or questioning what their role in this whole thing was altogether. And so Paul writes 
1 Corinthians to deal with many issues, but he hones in on this and he says, let's get this issue straight here. And he spends three chapters, chapters 12, 13, and 14, dealing with the issue of spiritual gifts. And and we don't have time to go through all of them this morning. I would highly encourage you to go home and read chapters 12, 13, 14, study them. Uh, They're very important chapters. Uh, But all that to say, there's a lot more to say about this and what we can say in one sermon. I want to focus on what our focus is this morning Here's what's important. Here's what I want us to notice for our purposes. Every believer has been given a spiritual gift. Every person who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ has been given a spiritual gift. Everyone, everyone, everyone has been gifted for service in Christ's church. Where do I get that from? Well, well let's just read uh, the first three verses of our passage and, and notice uh, some, some things, that, some words that might stand out to us. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 says this, there are varieties of gifts, uh, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, uh, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Someone say, Everyone. You guys did better than the first service. (laughs) Everyone is a key word. To each is given the manifestation for the spirit for the common good. And then skip down to verse 11. Look, no, notice this again. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So, so notice those phrases. Notice uh, God empowers them all in everyone. To each, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. And then the Spirit apportions to each one. Paul is making clear that if you are a follower of Jesus, you've been given a spiritual gift. Everyone, and, and in case you're wondering, I did the word study on that word everyone. In the Greek, here's what it means. It means everyone. <laughs> and right about now, maybe you're wondering, well, what is a, what is a spiritual gift? Ah, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. We serve a God who is a gift giver. A God who who loves to give gifts to his people. And and the greatest gift he gave us is the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And, And with the gift of his son, his son brings the free gift of salvation. God's gift to us is that his son came into this world to take on our sin and die for our sin so that we might be forgiven and God resurrected him from the dead that we might have new life in his name and live for him and and the free gift, the free gift of salvation is offered to all who will place their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. God is a gift giver. But a gift he gives to us, it doesn't stop there. The Bible tells us that, that when we place our trust in Jesus Christ, we're, we're given another gift, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and he lives inside every believer. He lives in our hearts. And this Holy Spirit, he gives us gifts. 
spiritual gifts. Holy Spirit gives us gifts to empower us to serve Christ in the world and in his church. And that's what, a, that's what a spiritual gift is. It is a gift that God has given to you to empower you for service in the world and in his church. God empowers you to serve, to serve the world, to serve this church. Listen, Jesus didn't call you and save you so that you can sit in a pew once a week, sing a few songs and hear a sermon. I mean, if that's what you understand Christianity to be or being a follower of Jesus means, you're missing the point. Part of being a Christian, being a a follower of Jesus is that you are actively serving him, actively serving his church. And God, the great gift giver, has given each of us gift or gifts that empower us and enable us to serve. You've been called to serve. I mean, notice why the gifts have been given. Notice in verse seven, it says this. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So so why have we we been given a gift from the Holy Spirit? One is because it's a manifestation of the spirit, which simply means that when you and I are operating in our gifting, we are making known the presence of God and the work of God. You know, when you get to know someone real well, you you can tell they're home or tell that they're there before you even see them. You know that because maybe you know the way they walk or maybe you know their voice or maybe you can smell their perfume or cologne from afar off and you say, oh, I know they're here. See, that's what Paul is saying. This is is what our giftings do when they're on display when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, we, we are making known God is here. God is in this place. God is working in me, working in my life. But notice that other piece. Notice, notice the, it's given to us for the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Which tells us that this gift, this spiritual gift that I have been given, it isn't for me. It isn't for you. It is your gift, it isn't for you. That's a, it's kind of a bit of a head scratch. I mean, imagine, I mean, we just had Christmas, so imagine uh, giving your kids each a gift on Christmas morning. They open it, they love it, it's amazing. You say, okay, but that's not for you. It's for your brother, sister. It's for, you know, it's kind of interesting because usually when we get a gift, it's for our own benefit, But these spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, they aren't for our benefit. They're for the common good. What's the common good? Well, well, let's remember here who Paul is writing to. He's writing to a local church. So he's telling them that the Holy Spirit has gifted you for service. He's empowered you to serve each other for the common good of the church family. These spiritual gifts have been given to us to serve each other. That's so important. Brothers, sisters, hear that this morning. God has uniquely gifted you and equipped you in such a way so that you can serve your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
He's, he's, he's gifted you to serve your church family. And, and when you and I operate in our giftings and we're doing it together, we are making known, we are revealing the presence of God among us and in this world. Now knowing that, knowing that you've been called, knowing that you've been uniquely gifted for the common good of the church family, I'm hoping some things change. I'm, I'm hoping one of the things that changes is it changes the way you hear announcements when we're asking for people to serve in church. Let me tell you why it changes that. Because now you understand that, that, that when we're asking for you to consider serving, we're not asking you to do us a favor. We're not asking you to help us out. It, it's true, we can't do this without you, but, but we're asking you to fulfill your God-given calling to serve and operate in the way that God has called you to. We're giving you an opportunity to fulfill the calling that God has on your life. Listen, everyone has been gifted, uniquely gifted by God. God has gifted you, but you're, it's not for your own good, but for the blessing of the local church and the glory of God the Father. Well, how do I know what my spiritual gifting is, right? That's a, that's a question that we often ask. How do I know what my gift is. Well, I think it's important for us to know that there are a variety of giftings, a, a large variety of giftings. In fact, uh, that's exactly what Paul is pointing out in these verses. Read verses uh, four to six again with me. He says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. I mean, how many times do we see that word varieties? I think Paul's trying to emphasize. He, he's telling us that these giftings, well, they show up in many different ways. They show up in acts of service. They show up in acts of ministry. They show up in acts of activities that we do. God has uniquely gifted you. And this gift, well, it can be used in a variety of different ways. Variety of different services. You just got to find a place to serve. In fact, Paul wants us to know just how much variety there is. So he gives us this list. And, and many of us have heard this list in verses 8 to 11. Look what he says there. Look, he wants us to see how wide a variety of gifts there are. He says, for one is given the spirit of utterance of wisdom and to another, the utterance according to the same spirit, to, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. Now listen. I'm not here to get into a debate this morning about cessationism versus continuationism. That is, I'm not here to debate if, there's, if, if all of these gifts are still evident in the church or if some have ceased. That's a message for another time. Not this morning. We'll talk about that, but not this morning. 
I want to focus on what our purpose is here. And the very first purpose that Paul has of telling us all these gifts is he wants us to see the variety and the multiplicity of the spiritual gifts. In fact, I don't think we're meant to take this as an exhaustive list. Like, I don't think Paul is saying line by line, here's one gift, here's the next gift. These are all the gifts. That's not, that's not what he's saying. In fact, there's some gifts on, on other lists and other parts of scripture that aren't even mentioned here. For instance, you just skip down to verse 28 of this passage and, and there are some gifts mentioned there that are mentioned in this original list, right? So he's talking about God is appointed to the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. So some that he names before, some new ones he hasn't named. You could look at Romans 12, for instance. We find a, another list of giftings that include prophecy and faith and service and teaching and exhorting and generosity and leading and acts of mercy, right? A, a variety. See, Paul's point here in listing these gifts first and foremost is to show just how diverse and expansive the giftings of the Holy Spirit are. The giftings and the empowerings of the Holy Spirit is as diverse as there are diversities of individuals. Well, how do I figure out then? How do I figure out what my giftings are? You know, we in the church, we in the church, modern church, I mean, we, we do a real good job of overcomplicating things. Like, we just make it so complicated. I don't, I don't think it's complicated. You know, it's been popular in the past to have spiritual gifting tests. I'm not a fan of spiritual gifting tests. Let me tell you why. I think there's some drawbacks to them. To start, the test can be skewed by human error or human ego, wanting to slant the test towards the more showy gifts, the more attractive gifts. And then, and then they get to the end and they're like, oh man, I got the gift of helps. But secondly, here's where they fall short. It's just what I said. No test can deal with the diversity of each person and each gifting. So then how? Well, I think here's where it starts. You, you want to find out what your gifting is. I think it starts with seeking the Lord on this. Like, I think that's a good place to start. I mean, that's who is the gift giver, isn't it? And notice what he says in, in verse 11 there. He says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That last portion is, is so important. It is he who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That means that the Holy Spirit gifts each individual as he chooses, according to his will. Which means I don't choose what my gift is. I don't get to choose. The Holy Spirit chooses what my gifting is. So if you and I are going to seek out what our spiritual gift is, well, we, we start by seeking the Lord, saying, saying, Father, show me how it is that you've gifted me for service. I mean, I, I, would, I would encourage you just to, to go home and, and pray that uh, today. I mean, that is a prayer I am confident the Lord will answer. Father, I, I want to be used by you for your glory. I want to be in service to you. Show me how it is that you have gifted me. 
here's what else you can do. You know, we can, we can write tests. We can sit at home and pray. Just get involved. Just put your hand up and find out where your gifting is. Right? Go downstairs for a week and serve in the JKSK ministry. I guarantee you, you'll figure out if that's your gifting by the end of the day. I mean, we have just gifted, gifted. We're blessed at this church. We have gifted, gifted people in kids ministry and youth ministry. But that's not my gifting. You put me in front of a thousand adults on a Sunday morning, I am good. You put me in front of 10 kids, I'm sweating bullets. Because kids are scary. But get involved, right? Put yourself out there. You serve in a ministry for a few weeks, you'll find out, no, this isn't for me. Yeah, this is, this is where, this is where the Lord's calling me. You'll know. But I would also say, ask those who know you best. Hey, listen, I'm thinking about joining the worship team. I feel like God just gifted me to join the worship team. And you know what? I've got some folks that would tell me, brother, do us all a favor, stick to preaching. People know. Maybe you're wondering, you know, should I get involved in being a greeter? And somebody might say, you know, that means you got to be on time for service, right? Like early for service. And you know, that means you got to be nice to people and have a sunny disposition. Are you sure that's where God's calling you? Like people will be honest with you, you know, find out where you fit in, find out where, where God has called you to because everyone has been given a gift. Everyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus and has his Holy Spirit living in them, they've been gifted and equipped uh, for service. So maybe you're like, okay, well, I'm wondering, how do I get involved in? How do I start serving? Well, listen, a great place to start is I, every week I'm pointing people to our connection corner right across the hall here. And it's not just for new people. It's for people that have been here for years but have no idea how to get involved. I would encourage you to go see Julie after service. Wonderful, very kind lady. And Julie and her team, they will help you get involved in church. I promise you. But here's what else you can do. You can go online. You can go to our, our website, www.bramalee.org. And there's actually a button that's on our, our main page uh, that says, get involved. And you can click that button. It'll take you to a form. And you just put your information in there. Scroll down, you'll find a whole list of ministries there that you can get involved in. You can even tell us what your availability is, when you're available, when you're not available, right? You fill out that information form, somebody from our team will be in contact with you with the next steps. Everyone, everyone has a role. I'm gonna be busy, apparently. Everyone has a place here at BBC. Thanks, Vince. In fact, with all this diversity, here's what you'd wonder. You'd wonder with all this diversity, you'd expect that there might be some division. But what Paul is saying is here's what the uniqueness of God's church is, is that there's unity in our diversity. 
right? There's strength. There's unity in our diversity. Notice what he says there in verse uh, 12 and 13. It says, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink in, of one spirit. So you might think, right, with, with all this diversity, that we'd have some division. We have a diversity of, of giftings, diversity of talents and skills and interests. We've got a diversity of, of cultures and ethnicities. You'd think division would be inevitable. But what Paul is saying is it's, it's quite the opposite by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our strength, the church's strength, is in our diversity. And, and in this diversity of persons, there's this unity. Though we are a church that is made up of individual people with unique backgrounds and cultures and giftings and interests, though we are individuals, we are one. And to demonstrate this, to, to give us an example of this, Paul gives us the example of the human body. I mean, you have a, a body that is made up of many different parts and, and all those parts are, are different from the others and they're unique from the others and they all have different functions within your body. Your, your eye is different from your hand. It, they serve purposes, but they're part of the same body. Each member of your body is, is crucial to the health and the operation of the body. You cannot fulfill your purpose. You cannot exist even apart from the rest of the body. And this is what Paul is talking about is you and I as believers. That you and I, though we are individuals and though we're very different from each other, Oh, but we are united as one body in Christ. It's the image of the church as we look at the New Testament, that the church, this local body of believers and, and every local body of believers, we are a, a physical expression of the body of Christ here on earth. We fulfill our purpose as Christ's body, as we gather together in worship, as we use our gifts, as we use our talents that he's given us in service of him and his church. And that's why it's so important to be a part of the local church, right? It's, it's why you can't fully live out the Christian life apart from being a part of a local church. And this is the body of Christ here on earth. And you and I are called to be a part of this local body, a local expression of Christ. A place where we can worship, yes, come and worship. But church is so much more than just what we do on Sunday morning. This is a place where we come and we serve. A place where we can invest our time, our talents, our treasures, all for the glory of the God we serve. And when we do that, when we take our uniqueness and contribute to what the Lord is doing here at the local church. It's, we're seeing the unity of the Holy Spirit on display. That's what makes you and I one as believers. That's what you, unites us, even though we are different. If, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you and you are a child of God. 
You have the Holy Spirit of God living in you and and I have the Holy Spirit of God living in me. And and that is what unites us. That's what takes us gathering sometimes of strangers and makes us believers as a a family. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a way of tearing down any barriers, any divisions that this world, our culture, our hearts put up. Notice Paul says, in one spirit, we were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks. He's saying there's no division here of race or culture in the church. We're one. There's no division of slave or free. There's there's no socioeconomic division in the church. There's no rich or poor, no authority or or no authority in the world. None of that matters here. And what matters is that we are united as Christ's body by the Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of us. You know, I have found, I've had the pleasure of being serving on different teams football teams, bands, and experiencing success. We've won championships. We've won international competitions with band. And, and here's what I've found with those teams that I've been on where we've experienced success. They, 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 they both had one common connection, and that is unity. And I'm not just talking about unity when we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. I'm talking about unity outside, like outside of practice, outside of the game, outside of the rehearsal we were, we were hanging out with each other. We were uh, calling each other, checking on each other. We were in each other's homes for dinners. And that unity brought us together to bring success. See, I found it's the same in the church family. See, when we elevate individuals above the group, when there's division and, and arguments going on, when we're, when we're distracted because we're arguing what paint we want on the wall, what color we want the carpet. It's distracting us from what God has called us to accomplish as a church. We lose sight of the goal. We lose sight of the fact that what drives our unity is this interdependence of the church, that, that we rely on each other. We lose sight of the fact that that's what Paul is is emphasizing as we we look at the next section of this chapter. He starts emphasizing interdependence of the church. He's emphasizing not independence, but interdependence. That means that, that, that I can't do this without you and you can't do this without me. It means that in order for for us as a church to fulfill the purpose that God has given us, you need the person sitting next to you and in front of you and behind you just as much as they need you. And notice what Paul says next. He's, He's saying everyone has a role to play here. There's this interdependence. Look at verse 14 to 18. He says, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose I mean, it's such an important part of this passage, such important truths here. I mean, some of you may be sitting here thinking, well, well, what do I have to offer? 
I mean, there's so many, so many gifted people here. Well, let's, let's put it into Paul's words here. Some of you are sitting saying, I'm not a hand. Man, there's all kinds of hands here. I, the, this church needs, I'm not a hand. I'm a toe. But you know, we need toes. Toes keep us balanced. Somebody's saying, I'm not a hand. I can't do what they do. I'm, 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 a, I'm a finger. A hand needs fingers. The hand can't accomplish what it needs to accomplish without the fingers. We need everyone. Many of you sitting here say, well, there seems to be a lot of people serving already. I don't seem to have a place. But Paul is telling us that's not true. We need you. We need, we need everybody. Young, old, and everything in between. Your role just may look different based upon uh, which season of life that you are in. Everyone has a crucial role. I mean, imagine if your hand said, well, well the body seems to be functioning without me. We've got a, a whole other hand on the left side, so I'll just stop working. And the body may very well carry on without the hand, but not without serious, serious detriment to the rest of the body. You know, maybe you've heard of the, the 80-20 rule. Anyone ever heard of that 80-20 rule in church? Maybe you haven't. It's a saying that we have in the church that says that 80% of the work in the church is done by 20% of the people. Now I haven't done the math. Listen, I know we are blessed with lots of people that give so much of their time and energy. But I've, man, I've, I've been in lots of churches where I, I, can, I can tell you that is the truth. Maybe not down to the exact stat, but there, there seems to always be a core group of people that seem to do a lot of the work in the church. And yeah, the church seems to function, but we need you. The load would sure be lighter with a, a few more hands. And, and if we're able to accomplish as much as the Lord is able to accomplish with the core group, imagine what the Lord could do if the majority of the church had their hands in the work. There's this interdependence going on here. Like you have skills, you have giftings, you have talents that, that aren't being utilized. We, we need the uniqueness of the giftings that, that God has called you because look, I, I can't do it all. And neither can the other pastors or leaders. Listen, I know my gifting. My gifting is preaching and teaching and leadership and shepherding. And I get that. The church needs that. But there are some things I can't do. There are some things you don't want me to do. Notice what Paul says. He says, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? I mean, imagine for a moment if this church was just filled with people who were gifted preachers and teachers. I mean, what a nightmare that would be. It's a scary thought. Where would be the evangelism? Where would be the tech? Where would be the kids' ministry? Who, who, would, who would there be to fix things that, that fall apart? Who would answer the phones? Who would handle the administration? Who would welcome people as they come in? I mean, it'd be a scary thing if, if the church was filled with people like me. And God knows this. In fact, what Paul says is that, is that God has sovereignly placed people in this church at this time with their unique giftings and purpose. Look what he says there in verse 18. Look what he says. He says, but as it is, 
God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. You see that? You know what that means? That means that you are not a part of BBC by accident. But God has arranged, that is, God has sovereignly placed you here, each of us as he has chosen. God has placed you here in this church with your unique giftings and your unique talents and your unique skills. And he's placed you here at this unique time for this unique purpose of this unique season. Knowing the the vastness of the responsibility and the diversity of giftings and talents it takes to fulfill the purpose of the local church, God sends people with the right giftings and the right talents at the right place at the right time. You have a purpose. You have a, a role to play. We depend upon each other for our purpose. And here's what Paul wants to know. He he wants us to know that even though there are a variety of gifts, that no gift, no role is greater than the other. No member is greater than the other. He says, no member can say, I have no need of you. We need each other. Look at what he says. On the contrary, in verse 22, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body, we think less honorable. We bestow the greater honor. And on our presentable parts, we are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, that the members may have the same care for one another. See, this church, here's what this church, the Corinthian church has done. They put a lot of emphasis on the showy gifts. The gifts that are up front and attract all the attention. Gifts that are easily seen. They're often the ones that are celebrated, aren't they? The more presentable ones is what Paul would call them. But what Paul is saying is that Christ's body is much like your body. The most vital, the most important parts are the ones you can't see. The ones that we cover up. I mean, how vital are your organs to keep your body going? How, how vital? I mean, the mouth is heard and, and probably too often, but what about your kidney? What about your heart? What about your liver? If they stop working, the body cannot function. And, and Paul is saying, it's the same thing with the church. You know, we show up here on Sunday morning and we see the worship team come and they do a wonderful job in leading us in worship. We see pastors come and leading us in prayer and, and we hear the preacher preach. We show up to functions and, and everything's planned out. All the supplies are there. We show up to volunteer for the outreach and, and there's very little that we have to do. We just got to come there and serve. But listen, somebody's got to take care of all of that. Someone has to plan it all. We need tech and we need people who set up and people who tear down. We need people who clean up afterwards, people who gather supplies, people who pack supplies, people who clean the sanctuary, people who who run the lights, who run the cameras, people that most of us never see. But we could not do what we do as a church without them. This church would cease to function if we didn't have them. And they're not to be taken for granted, but celebrated just as any role. 
Here's what I'm trying to do this morning, if you can't tell. I'm trying to challenge you. 2024, God is doing a work here at Bramley Baptist Church, and I'm inviting you to be a part of it. I want to challenge you, lovingly challenge you, because here's what I know. I know as your pastor that you cannot grow in Christ if you are not serving in Christ. That's true. That's reality. And so in love, I'm challenging you this morning to prayerfully find the place where you fit in here. Find where God is calling you to serve. Everyone has been uniquely gifted by God to serve him and his church. And and I believe that God has uniquely placed you here in this church with your giftings for this time. You know, many, there are many blessings that come with being part of a, a large church like ours, but there's dangers as well. And part of the danger is just, is just getting lost in the crowd. We don't want that here. We, we want everyone to be a part of what God is doing here. Find your place. You know, a great way to find where you fit in is, 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 is to join a growth group. It's a great time because we're getting ready to start our our series next week in Genesis. By the way, I am super excited to preach uh, Genesis and share that with you. I think there's some foundational truths to our faith uh, that we're going to be wrestling with over the next few weeks. But but our growth groups are going to be asking and going even deeper during the week. So I would just invite you to to see Pastor Natasha on your way out. And she's going to be at the booth out here uh, ready to talk to anyone who wants to join a growth group. And here's what you'll find. You'll find in a growth group, you'll find a place where you can grow and study the word absolutely, but you'll, you'll find fellowship. You'll find people who are willing to journey with you and to pray with you. You find opportunities to serve together, to pray together. If you don't have time to stop by and see Pastor Natasha today, you guessed it, you can go online. You can go to bramalee.org. Again, same website, same main page, and you'll find a link right next to the Get Involved. There's a, there's a growth group link, and you can click on that, fill out the form, and somebody will reach out to you with the next steps. I pray this morning that you've been encouraged. Listen, I'm thankful. I know that we have uncountable people here who give so much of their time and energy to this church. But, but here's what I know. I know that there are some people who are still on the outskirts. They've never really stepped and become, a, and, and that's what we want to do this morning. We, we want to do this year. We, wanna, we want all of us as one body joined together with one purpose, serving the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Father, so thankful for your word again. And grateful, I am grateful, God, uh, for the people that we serve alongside of shoulder to shoulder in the trenches of ministry and life together. Uh, grateful for the, the staff and the pastors and the leaders, the directors, the elders. Grateful for the many people who uh, serve week to week, day to day in this church. Father, we sense that you are doing a work amongst us at Bramley Baptist, and we are excited so excited. We want others to join with us. And so I pray that you do a work this morning. Encourage the hearts of those who, who, who are already uh, serving alongside of us, but, but move in the hearts of those who are wondering, where, 
Where are you calling me to serve, Lord? I pray that you'd move in those hearts this morning and draw them unto you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening and making us a part of your walk. We encourage you to take today's teachings and apply it to your life. Challenge not only yourself, but those around you. Our support in your journey does not end here. To hear more messages from all our series or to speak to someone to help grow your faith, visit us at brandley.org.